On today's Fantasy Baseball in 15, we're going to run through the latest injury updates as a new week begins. Like death and taxes, Dodger's been a Dodger. <laughs> I have That's not had uh, three co-brews yet. It works great in a fantasy league. I'm just glad I am not at the dentist. Fantasy Baseball in 15 on The Athletic. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball in 15 for Monday, May 31st, presented by Topps. Check out Topps Project 70, celebrating 70 years of Topps baseball cards. I'm Al Melchior. I am here with Michael Beller. And uh, Michael, hope you've got some good uh, Memorial Day plans ahead of you. I hope all of you out there have some nice plans for the day. Just a lot of baseball watching for me, Al. It's a uh, day of work, a normal day of work. We are Kicking it off here bright and early in the morning, looking back at what was another busy weekend across the MLB landscape. Uh, that it was. So let's get right to it. Uh, over the weekend, Trevor Story placed on the IL with an elbow injury. He will get an MRI early this week, so we'll know more about uh, the nature and severity of that injury. Uh, at this point, not a whole lot more else to tell you about that situation. Uh, Kevin Gosman leaving his start on Sunday with hip tightness. It's, uh, Michael, you know, one of these injuries deemed as, uh, or one of these removals rather deemed as precautionary. Sometimes it turns out to be just that, sometimes not. So uh, do you start Kevin Gosman this week with no further information? Depends on the options available. In a vacuum, I don't, uh, but there are definitely scenarios I could see where someone just doesn't have a great option to turn to to plug in for Gosman and don't have any more information later in the day when you're locking your lineups in. And we do have some day games today, so I would probably lean against starting him. All right. And of course, you know, with uh, no health issues to worry about, Gosman has worked his way into the must start conversation. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's, a, that's a tough one. That's a tough one for a lot of us. And uh, some other injury updates here that have some uh, lineup considerations for the week ahead. So we'll just uh, go through these one by one. Uh, Jazz Chisholm missed uh, his fourth straight game out of the the Marlins lineup on Sunday, dealing with a minor ankle sprain. Uh, So do we chance it with Jazz Chisholm? I don't think I do. I don't think I do, especially with uh, speed being part of his game. Even if he plays, maybe he doesn't bring that element of his game this week as he is still recovering from this ankle issue. I think I lean against this one also. All right, a couple of Astros to think about here. Jordan Alvarez dealing with the wrist issue. Yuli Gurriel with a finger injury. Neither one played uh, on Sunday against the Padres. And uh, particularly with Alvarez, that's that's a tough sit call to make. Uh, do we make it? Feel a little bit better about rolling these guys out there. They were just DNPs on Sunday. Nothing too huge. It's a getaway day sort of game also. So I would feel okay playing both of these guys unless we get some information in the next few hours that these are more serious than just one game out would make you think. All right. And one more, Ramon Laureano uh, dealing with some groin tightness. He did not play on Sunday against the Angels. He is termed day to day. So do you find enough encouragement in that to go ahead and start Laureano this week? Day-to-day concerns me, groin strain, that also concerns me, or a tight groin, and we're not calling it a groin strain yet, but nature of that injury, a soft tissue injury, that would lead me to believe that even if it's not the whole week, he's going to miss at least a few games on the front end. If I had an outfield option who was healthy, who didn't totally suck, I would be okay putting him in there in place of Loriano. All right, well, I hope uh, 
all of those you uh, out there who have Loriano have a, a non-sucking option to go with then. All right, let's go, go on to uh, a, a better piece of news here. Jose Urquidy, this is not really unexpected. Uh, he is going to start for the Astros on Monday against the Red Sox, uh, coming back from uh, some shoulder inflammation. Jesus Lucardo was activated over the weekend and as expected, put in the A's bullpen. Uh, not clear whether or not he's going to be ramped up uh, and stretched out to become a starter. Uh, that was initially the plan, uh, but uh, I think the A's are just kind of playing that one by ear. So if you've got Lizardo, uh, I, I think you, at this point, you you absolutely do have to, to stash him or maybe you know keep him active in, if you're in a league where maybe some long relief uh, appearances could be, could be helpful. Do you see the same differently? Uh, no, I, I agree with you completely. I'm not dropping him no way, um, and I'm probably still keeping him active, as you said, and we just got to see where this goes over the next few weeks. All right. And uh, on the, the uh, Athletic Fantasy Baseball podcast over the weekend, Michael, uh, you and I talked about the Twins outfield situation, uh, and we've got another Twins outfielder on the IL, Max Kepler, with a hamstring injury. So uh, I don't know if that makes you feel any differently about Rob Snyder. We talked about him a little bit on that show. Uh, I'm still a little wary that uh, he's going to be able to, to continue to be fantasy relevant and productive, but uh, interesting story nonetheless. Definitely an interesting story, and the playing time's going to be there, as we talked about on that show. Byron Buxton still out for the foreseeable future. Luis Rise still out for the foreseeable future. So, Ref Snyder, Trevor Larnick, as we talked about, and we liked him a little bit better for obvious reasons. These guys are going to get opportunities to play, so if you're still looking for some additions in your outfield, maybe a first-come-first-serve league, daily transaction league, those guys, at the very least, are going to get the playing time in Minnesota. All right, and uh, staying in the AL Central, Royals recalled Edward Olivares. He started on Sunday in right field at Minnesota. Really, really uh, nice start to the year. Triple A Omaha uh, hitting 395 with five homers and seven steals. Uh, so, you know, anytime you can see a potential source of steals come up, uh, it's certainly something you have to pay attention to. So, uh, you know, you mentioned. Uh, you know, these, at this stage, you know, we're talking about uh, kind of first come first serve types of leagues or you're waiting until next weekend. So uh, if you have the ability to pick up Oliveras at this point, um, where where would you see yourself doing that? I could definitely see getting in on him in all 14 and 15 team mixers and maybe even taking a look in 12 teamers just because of what the ceiling is. Is I, if I, if I wasn't a twelve teamer, it would be a pretty short leash for him. Uh, but like you said, guy who can steal bases like that is going to be very attractive, and he's got a little bit of pop too. So I really do think he's attractive across the board. And I think in fourteen and fifteen teamers, I would give him a little bit of a run here, even if he starts off slowly, to see just how he can get his feet wet in the majors. Definitely someone who should be on everyone's radar. I would think. Yeah, and apparently, at least in my leagues, he has been there because I went to my 15-teamers and my deeper leagues. He was gone, mm-hmm. so uh, <laughs> a little too late for me. Uh, but definitely check it because uh, you just never know in your own leagues. Uh, let's talk a little bit about some closer developments uh, over the weekend and particularly on Sunday. Uh, so Kyle Zimmer, who you know we had talked about uh, on the show and on the Athletic Fantasy Baseball podcast as um, – Somebody who looked like was emerging as maybe the Royals, uh, the Royals' primary closer. He came in in the sixth inning on Sunday at the Twins, and it was Greg Holland getting the save. This one's got me scratching my head a little bit because from a skills perspective, it seems like Zimmer is the the superior option. The usage pattern prior to Sunday seemed to point in Zimmer's direction, but now this kind of throws a wrench into the whole thing. 
I, I don't know. I mean, you know, Mike Matheny's having us uh, scrambling a little bit over here. I think maybe what we take away is that no one is going to be totally locked into the role with Josh Stomont out, but I still feel like Zimmer is the guy who's going to get the bulk of the opportunities, or at least a plurality of the save opportunities. All right, and three other situations that we basically got some confirmation on Sunday that these are going to be fluid situations. TJ Antone getting the save for the Reds, a four-out save at the Cubs. Jake McGee and Keenan Milton respectively getting saves uh, for the Giants and the Mariners. Uh, Is there anybody out of those three situations that stands out to you as somebody worth pursuing because you think that they've they've got a shot to, to really pull away with the job? I think Antone and McGee lead the way for me here. Seattle's going to be a team that, that mixes it up with Middleton and with uh, with uh, Rafael Montero, and then Kendall Graveman uh, should be back sooner rather than later. But Antone and McGee, I think, are guys who could lock down, if not the full role, a bulk a bulk role, a uh, you know majority of the save role. So uh, those are two guys who I would be pretty interested in if I was looking for help in the saves department. All right, well, let's take a look at the standouts from Sunday's games. Tarek Skubal, we have been talking a lot about him and his upward trending of late, and that continues uh, against the Yankees. Six scoreless innings, uh, nine, or excuse me, eight strikeouts on three hits and three walks. Uh, he gets the White Sox in Chicago this Saturday, so the schedule doesn't get any easier for Skubal, but uh, has he earned your trust, Michael, this week? Yeah, I think you got to play him. Obviously, we know that White Sox matchup is a really tough one, but... We're now talking about, what, uh, 39 strikeouts in the last 27 innings of work for Tarek Skubal. So I I think you can't can't turn away from that. I don't care what the matchup is. And we knew this was the sort of pitcher he could possibly turn into as early as this season. So definitely playing him, even though I want to avoid the White Sox wherever I can. All right. Yeah. Understandable for sure. Uh, Tyler Malley, did he fake us out maybe a little bit uh, against the Cubs on Sunday? Uh, you know, good, good outing. Uh, no doubt about that. Five scoreless innings, just one hit allowed, just one walk, eight strikeouts, uh, nine swings and misses on 98 pitches, which is kind of a, in this environment, kind of a subpar ratio, but nothing that would be alarming, except if you put it in the context of his three starts prior to this. He had a swinging strike rate of just 7.1%, only eight strikeouts and 14 in a third inning. So it does kind of fit in with the trend. He's got the Cardinals this week. So is this something that would concern you enough to uh, to sit Malley this week? I'm probably playing him. I will say I watched that uh, Reds-Cubs game. Um, Joe West was working the plate. It was an awfully friendly strike zone to both teams. Uh, you did not necessarily have to uh, attack the zone too aggressively to get yourself some strike calls, and then we know what that can do to hitters. The Cubs are so banged up right now. Anthony Rizzo's not on the IL, but he's missed four or five straight games because of back tightness. Uh, The bottom third of the Cubs' order, or or the bottom four of the order, was Rafael Ortega, Patrick Wisdom, Eric Sogard, and Jake Arrieta. So, pretty soft bottom half of the order that Tyler Maley faced in this game. Not taking it away from him. It just maybe wasn't as great of a performance as that line score suggests. I'm still probably putting him in my lineup, though, with the matchup against the Cardinals later this week. All right, one more pitcher here just to take note of. Matt Peacock with a very solid start against the Cardinals, going six innings deep, two runs, six strikeouts, no walks, six hits. Uh, not generally a big strikeout guy, throws a lot of sinker balls, but the flip side of that, he does have a 58.4% ground ball rate. He gets the Brewers this week in Milwaukee. Uh, is this kind of a wait-and-see proposition here where if he does well in this start, he becomes a, a fab target for you next weekend? 
definitely a wait and see in the fab world. Uh, we'll be talking about him, I would imagine, in uh, Friday's episode as a potential streamer. And I think I'll probably like him in that context because of everything you said and because of the fact that this Milwaukee lineup is one that we're not afraid of. I think we'll be thinking about him in that way. And if he does do well in that way, then I think 48 hours after we talk about him as a streamer, we'll talk about him as a fab target. All right. Well, I've already used up my uh, streaming peacock pun in the uh, last uh, next week in fantasy it's baseball. So, yeah, yeah. Unless I'm going to recycle it, I'm I'm done with that one. Uh, all right. A few hitters to take uh, note of: Josh Reddick getting some regular play with the Diamondbacks. Went three for five on Sunday with his fifth double of the year against the Cardinals. He's now hitting three twenty four, starting four of the last five games. Charlie Blackman. Um, Maybe uh, a by low target uh, had a couple of doubles against the Pirates on Sunday. Uh, the ground ball rate is up, which is concerning, but everything else looks pretty good in his profile. And Brett Phillips, a two for three game for him with his third homer of the season. He has started four of the last five games for the Rays and now has seven steals on the season. So Reddick, Blackman, Phillips, anything actionable with those three hitters? I think taking a look at Brett Phillips is uh, is an actionable thing. Uh, we know the Rays are going to mix and match as much as they possibly can, but seven stolen bases starting four of the last five, that's something definitely to take note of. I think that's the most actionable with what we look at with these three guys. All right. Well, let's uh, move ahead to Monday slate. Take a look at some of the streamers there. A couple of games where we've got possibly streamer versus streamer, starting with James Caprillion versus Logan Gilbert. And uh, then we've got... Phillies Reds, Vince Velasquez, and Wade Miley. Wade Miley is back and lined up for a two-start week this week. Merrill Kelly with the coming up with the start against the Mets. We've talked about that a lot in the past week, but he does have Jacob deGrom going against him. So Kelly will probably still get the win because yeah. <laughs> it's Jacob deGrom's lot in life right there. <laughs> Unfortunately, yes. Uh, Mike Miner gets the Pirates. Uh, they, they will go with Chad Cool. And uh, Johnny Cueto for the Giants against the Angels, and they will go with Dylan Bundy. So, Caprillion, Gilbert, Velasquez, Miley, Kelly, Miner, and Cueto. Who you got today? What an awesome day to stream. I mean, all of these are like could be best of day options on other days, uh, but today some of them is going to be you know sixth or seventh. I would rank them uh, probably Kelly first with his recent performance, Caprillion second. Wade Miley third. Those are the first three I would look at. Then maybe Mike Miner fourth. But what a great day. You are not going to be hurting if you need to stream someone today. Uh, yeah, no, it's a good problem to have. Some good choices there to uh, to kick off your week. All right, so speaking of the week ahead, let's just take a look at the weekly planner and a, a few aspects of the schedule. Uh, one of those aspects being the uh, Angels hosting the Mariners. So you got Griffin Canning and Alex Cobb as potential one-start options. I really, really like Cobb this week a lot. Canning a pretty solid May. Uh, so maybe it's a wait and see start for him, but in deeper leagues, I, th I think you could roll with uh, Griffin Canning. And not, you know, not a lot of great lineups with tough matchups, but the Pirates, unfortunately, it's probably the last thing they need. Uh, but you do have some viable hitters there. Brian Reynolds in particular, he's homered in two of the last three games that he's played in. Uh, but uh, kind of a tough schedule there for the Pirates uh, with a couple of games at KC and then four at home versus the Marlins with some tough starting pitchers going against them. So Brian Reynolds, at least consider your alternatives for those of you who have him in uh, in your leagues this week. So on that note, uh, we're going to wrap up this episode of Fantasy Baseball in 15. And we just ask, as we always do, that if you have a chance to rate and review this podcast, that you take a moment to do so. And we really do greatly appreciate that. For Michael Beller, I'm Al Melkier, and we will return here on Tuesday. 